Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 19th of February, 2023. And on today's show, a look back at yesterday, a massive day in Big 12 hoops. Kansas with a resounding victory. Oklahoma, Texas play in a Red River Classic. Texas Tech scores a huge victory. Mike Miles is back and K-State stops their slide. There's really something to get to in every single game. You are Locked On Big 12. Your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. Also, find us wherever you get your podcast. So if you can't watch on YouTube, you guys can listen to the show. Follow us on Twitter at LOBig12, and you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Today's show is brought to you all by the folks at LinkedIn. If you need a job or if you need to find somebody to hire for a job, LinkedIn's the best place to go. More from our friends at LinkedIn coming up. Plenty of coverage. We had some all last week about, about uh, Brett Yormark's comments about the Pac-12 on the Wilner and Gonzano podcast and conference expansion. That conversation will continue, obviously, during uh, the weeks. But really, after a day like yesterday, we have to talk about all Big 12 hoops on this Sunday show, as we should. And I want to just mention this again, like best conference in America, we know that. But to reinforce it, they kept showing, I think they made this graphic, like, play this, play this, play this, the graphic of the average net ranking for the Big 12 schools. Uh, it was, I'm, I'm blanking now if it was 26.8 or 28.6. And the number doesn't matter. The thing that matters is the next closest conference, the average rating, it was the Big Ten at like 58. The Big 12 is is 30 spots ahead in terms of average net ratings. Now, if you have more teams, sure people have to lose. But also, it's a conference where everybody plays somebody. So inherently, everybody is taking L's. But, I mean, this is a conference where the quality is just over the top. And I think we showed it again. Oklahoma's your last place team, and they pushed first place Texas to the brink on the road, on the road. And you know why? It's it's not about the depth of talent, because I don't think Oklahoma's as talented as Texas. It's about the quality of coaching. And I know things, you know, there's some animosity between, not animosity, but there is some friction happening at places like Oklahoma right now. But you cannot deny the fact that a guy like Porter Mosier is a phenomenal coach because, you know, you had a a game where they they beat the brakes off of a uh, off of Alabama, number one team in the country. And then there's obviously the game where they were at the limit, pushed to the limit when they were playing, pushing a KU to the limit on the road. They pushed Texas to the limit on the road. They were up for most of that game. And so you're seeing it every single week. Even Mark Adams now is having himself a resurgence as well. So there's so much quality of coaching. I think it speaks to that average net rating, that depth we're talking about. But we got to start. Biggest result of the day yesterday, wearing the Baylor shirt, supporting you guys after the loss. What a tale of essentially not just two halves. It felt like I was watching two separate basketball games. Kansas 87, Baylor 71. Uh, at halftime, it was Baylor 45, KU 32. Now, the big point was, if you watch this game, it felt like it was more. Second half. Kansas outscores Baylor 55 to 26. Kansas, I thought the relentless rebounding, I thought the effort of Jalen Wilson, number one, is what kept them in the basketball game. His pursuit on the glass 
was tremendous in a game where he was not very efficient overall, six for 16, but I think he was like three for his first 12 or three for his first 11. He puts up 21 and 13. He misses every single three he takes, but he got the line 10 times. He made nine of them. He grabbed four offensive rebounds, 13 overall on the day. And that was a huge difference. Dewan Harris scoreless in the first half ends up scoring 14 points in the second half, six of eight shooting, nailed the two threes, nine assists. And you can tell guys, there's just a different look about the way he plays. And we saw it half to half. There's aggressive Dewan Harris. And then there is the second half and there's the first half to Juan Harris. And what happens is it feels like he just needs a kick in the ass sometimes because he's a talent. He's not a scorer's scorer. He, you know, he's not, that's not what he is, but he, he actually gets to the paint. He's got a really good touch around the rim. You know, he, he, he seems to find angles, likes to lay it you know, offhand certain ways. He knows he's short, so he doesn't go too close to paint sometimes. And he's good at choosing angles and he's a great passer. He's a really good passer. But that aggression level, when they when they make everybody defend, they do a good job. Also, somebody else I want to mention, KJ Adams. I thought he has a good job of of swinging the ball. He knows when to get it down there and shoot, and knows when it's time to move it on the perimeter. When they play four out, he's really good with that stuff. So, I was really impressed how they attacked in the second half. And look, Grady Dick was six of eighteen. So it's not like this is some tremendous day for him. It's thirty three percent, but sixteen points, five rebounds, and two steals. And I thought his play was elevated yesterday too. They get 10 points. I thought, you know, Pettiford gave him some really good minutes as did Ernest Uday who only gave him seven, but I thought KJ Adams was a big reason of that. Uh, KJ Adams uh, staying out of foul trouble is massive for them. He played 34 minutes, 17 points, four rebounds, three assists. And so I thought their effort, I, I mean, KU ends up shooting 51% from the floor in this game and, and Baylor didn't do a bad job either. They're 44, 40 from three, uh, but KU's defense in their rebounding in the second half was absolutely massive to me. And I thought I thought Baylor was too messy with the basketball later on in that game. And when Kansas scored on the run, it felt like a lot of one-and-done possessions, some tough shots from Keontae George, some turnovers thrown in there as well. They were not as good at sealing the deal as they should have been. Um it, it goes back to, you know, and once once again, like Kansas is one of the best five teams in the country. There's no doubt about that. I think after yesterday, there is no doubt KU is one of the best five teams in the country. And I think obviously you could go four, you could go three, you could go two. If you want to make the argument for Kansas as the number one team in America, I'm not going to stop you. I think there's an argument for Houston. I think there's an argument for Alabama. I think there's an argument still for Purdue, right? So, I mean, you know, I think it's kind of a dealer's choice at, at this point in time when it comes to the number one team in the country. but. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure like how how down on the Baylor Bears should we be after yesterday's result? It's a big question for me. Um, could I see this happening a tournament game? Yes, because usually the Baylor barrage, that's what I called it back in 2021. Like the Baylor barrage is one thing the other team could not recover from. KU got up from this Baylor barrage and they stuck it, they stuck in the game. And guys, this was a five-point game within like a minute and a half in the second half. This was fast, and I think Baylor sometimes, because of its, you know, I don't want to call it spread and chuck, but because of the way their offense operates, um, it does empower guys sometimes to take early shots in the shot clock. And in certain settings of the game, that can be bad. And then, I, I don't know, I, I think, I also got mad at them earlier in the season too, that the Texas game maybe, for for being a bit too, actually no, it was the Baylor, it was the other Kansas game. 
they were up big and they kind of were too slow in the end of that game and they weren't making the right decisions. Um, so I think there's a kind of a mix and I think they have to figure out what the, what is the other mode they can do? Who, who needs to get involved? Like they need to run some more pick and roll. Do they need to run guard pick and rolls? Get, get bridges more involved. What do you do when the threes are not going in? Because they hit nine threes in the first half guys. They made more threes in the first half yesterday than six other big 12 teams made in the entire game. The games they played yesterday. Uh, look at the numbers. They hit nine first half threes. The problem is they hit one second half three. And uh, and that's what allowed – and Kansas guys was all over. It was fast. I mean, that game – Baylor was up 13 at halftime, and that game was like over with eight minutes left. Game was It felt like it was over with eight minutes left. So um, Baylor's got ability. They've got a lot of talent. They rely on those three guys pretty heavily. But they need to mix other stuff in because, like, if – if Bridges and Chamwa Chachwa aren't going and those three guys are starting to miss, like you, you need some other outlets, you need some other options. I don't know if it's Langston Love. Um, you know, they, you know, they get more involved 14 minutes yesterday, just took three shots, was one for three, 0 for two from three. I don't know if it's JGT. I mean, he played, you know, he doesn't like that. He played 25 minutes yesterday, but these teams are starting to shorten up the rotation. They need to find more answers in offense. And the same thing could be said for Kansas. Like that's that's why it was so important that Dewan Harris played so well and was really efficient while playing because they need him. They absolutely need him um, to be involved. There's, there's no doubt about that. So this was a compelling game. Uh, Bill Self, they've got that team in the driver's, not the driver's seat, but, but you know, look at the Big 12 standings now. What's left uh, to go? Kansas and Texas are up top. Um, Baylor is one back now, and Baylor's got another game coming up against, they've got Texas left. That game is at Baylor, so they've got that one in hand. KU now, guys, you know, um, if serve holds, and look, they'll probably lose another game. They've got at TCU Monday nights. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to TCU in a second, guys. Um, West Virginia, Texas Tech, both at home and Texas. So if TCU, or excuse me, if KU can run the table to that Texas game, then they will have, that, that game will, for them will be for a, at least, at least, for the chance at an outright conference championship. Now we don't know what will happen before them, right? Uh, you know, they, they could lose to TCU. Then things get jumbled once again, but if they go out the rest of the way, uh, they'll be playing Texas for, you know, that, that game will be out right now. Obviously it makes sense because they're in first place right now to win the rest of their games. You play other teams in first place. It will, but you know, there's a chance that they're actually guaranteed a, uh, at least a share going into that game, right? If Texas were to win all of their games, except for the Baylor game, and go into that final game one game back of KU, then there you go. That game is for uh, it's for an outright Big 12 championship for Kansas, and it would be a tied Big 12 championship now uh, for Texas. But KU and Texas, the two teams right now, Baylor, that loss kind of hurts you, but still I think they're a fantastic team, and we'll see what happens moving forward. All right, so second biggest result of the day. It depends on where you want to go. If you want to talk about NCAA tournament stage, just making the tournament, we have to go to that West Virginia game. If you want to talk about – uh, a team making a statement. Let's go and talk about what happened. TCU 100 and Oklahoma State 75. I saw somewhere in the last, uh, TCU tweeted out, last 25 years, this is the best offensive, uh, I think, shooting percentage-wise, second best game a team has had in the Big 12 in the last 25 years in a conference game. They shot 68% from the floor. 50, 53% from three, and they were still 14 to 22 from the line. They turned over the ball 16 times 
and they still scored 100 points. This is because, guys, and I've said this a bunch, and I will keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it. When Mike Miles is, is playing for them, and he looks like, by the way, he was same old Mike Miles, there is a confidence not just about him, but about the rest of the team. He goes 15 yesterday, four for eight, uh, and had five turnovers. He wasn't like all the way, all the way back. But the confidence that this team had, and they get 14 minutes out of Eddie Lampkin, was not this impressive performance, but they're easing him back. And Miller goes eight for 12. Uh, Miles, four of eight. Peavy, four of six. Ball, seven for nine. Cork, three for three. Coles, two for two. O'Bannon, four of six. These guys, they go eight deep. Uh, and Wells, too. Sorry, Wells was six of nine. I'm thinking about him. They go eight or nine deep, right? That's kind of the, the group that they're going to play. Which is which is more than a lot of teams are playing at this point in the season, and when Mike Miles is out there, their confidence level is different. Everybody on that team is not meant to circle around Mike Miles, but they're they're supposed to be like he is the guy who's supposed to bail him out of tough situations. He is the guy that can break people down off the dribble. He is the guy that can take and make tough twos. He is the guy that can demand attention for other guys. They can do it the dribble drive. They can do it with some shooting. And everybody, you could just tell the confidence level that they had with him back on the court. It was a it was a machine once again. They're eighteen and nine. They're seven and seven in the conference. Um, I'm wondering now because here's the thing, and actually this is really good for them. They're not in the Big Twelve title chase, which means this: that their priority the rest of the season needs to be get finding that mode they had yesterday finding the mode they had against KU. Obviously, you're not going to be that good shooting the rock, but can you get there and can you maintain that? The Big 12 tournament is going to be that dry run for the NCAA tournament. I told you all this before. I will say it once again. The first team that I said can make the final four out of the Big 12, and look, we knew it would come for a bunch of teams, but I said it on the show. The first team that checked the box was TCU. TCU was the first team this season that I saw out of the Big 12 that I said, Final Four, they can do it. They can do it. And uh, Derek Johnson locked on Jayhawks, had a really I thought, astute point that he tweeted at me um, yesterday. He said, I think their A-plus game is the best A-plus game in the Big 12. They're maybe more inconsistent and had to deal with the injuries, but top level is as good as anyone in the country. And I agree with that. And, that's, and, and I told him afterwards, Maybe I think it's good they're not in a Big 12 title chase because what is the concern for TCU? It's seeding. It's finding that top gear. And guess who they get on Monday, boys and girls? They get TCU. So fire me the hell up for another big Monday matchup, which is going to have massive, massive NCAA tournament seeding and kind of quality of play, uh, you know, stakes on the line in that one. But a massive win the Horn Frogs. All right, quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll hit on K-State. We'll hit on West Virginia. Uh, losing to Texas Tech, who's maybe now in the mix. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, there's a whole lot to get to. First, though, a word from our friends at LinkedIn. Uh, every single hire now can feel like it's a high-stakes wager for you and your small business. So you guys need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles 
with people who have the skills, values, and experiences that you need to achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find those quality qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and the conditions. Folks, they do apply. All right, so coming up here, let's do it. Uh, I thought the other, the next big result, I know, look, I know K-State was a big one, but guys, let's mention Texas Tech beating West Virginia on the road now. This is, this is massive, guys. Texas Tech is not out of, I I mentioned this uh, the other day, Texas Tech is not out of this. They're now 54 in the net ratings. They're four and nine in quad one games. So that is pretty big. Now they're 0-3 in quad two, which does hurt them. But they don't have any quadrant three losses, so they're four and twelve in quad quad one and two. But they're starting to improve, and they're playing their best basketball. Do I think this team makes the NCAA tournament? Uh, no, no, I do not think they make the NCAA tournament. But what we have to mention is how well that they've been playing right now. Um, I think it would be foolish to say that this team is not going to have some kind of impact on how this thing goes down at the end of the year. Let's see. I know Jerry Palm, he updated yesterday. So Texas Tech not involved for him. And then for Joe Lenardi on his front, I don't think he had them involved either. Uh, yeah, he does not have Texas. Yeah, no Texas Tech. But what you all have to understand now is that Texas Tech has gotten themselves, they have the same exact record as West Virginia. All right. They are four and ten in the league, and they are 14 and 10 overall. Well, West Virginia's net rating is a lot better. They're, let's see, 8 and 12 in quad one and two. So that obviously is going to help them a lot more in that situation. They're 5 and 11 in quad one games. Um, but in the league, those two teams are tied now. And, uh, you know, it's funny as both those teams guide each other on their home courts. So 15 and 12 now for Texas Tech. Is that good enough to make the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, if, if, it, if the season ended today? Absolutely not. That's not what I am saying. But uh, our good buddy Robbie Triano over from SiriusXM today was in a was in a Texas Tech space on Twitter. Where they were discussing can we still make the NCAA tournament, and he's like, "These people are lunatics. They're crazy." And I thought the same thing too. And I love you, Tech fans. You know, he's like, it, it "Just just the pie in the sky." Well, when you play so many good teams all the time, your chances they're there. And right now for them, they've won. Let's see, five of the last seven. The road win at LSU, not a great win, but still it's a road win. They've beaten Iowa State. They have beaten um, number there's 13 in the country. They have beat number 12, Kansas State. They beat number six, Texas, and they got a road win now. And also, in two days, this is a massive, massive game for them because here's what they have. They've got at Oklahoma, TCU, at Kansas, and Oklahoma State. If they can go three and one the rest of the way, they go three and one, that will put them overall at, let's see, three and one puts them at 18 and 13. And that would also put them at seven and eleven in conference play, folks. It's it's definitely in play. Like Texas Tech is right here. And, and I'll be honest, guys, you know, for, for as much crap as Mark Adams has taken this year, Texas Tech wanted it more yesterday. Texas Tech wanted that basketball game more because Stevenson was going crazy, and they were down late in that game. And Texas Tech fought themselves all the way back into it. They went ahead. They were better crashing the glass late in the game. And I think right now, you know, it's, it's crazy to say this because they're not in the NCAA tournament field, but that's it. That looks like a top 25 basketball team. 
especially when you add in Fardaz Amen with the way that he's playing. So it's it's so funny how these things work that a team right now that is outside the top 20 or you know, outside the NCAA tournament bubble, uh, it's four and ten in the league and three games over five hundred. You know, we could say that this group is a top 25 basketball team, but they look like it, especially when you start to get contributions from a guy like a Jalen Tyson, who was 11 for 15 yesterday, 27 points and five rebounds. And, you know, on a day where Kevin O'Banner only gives you four, right? And in uh, Fardaz AMAC, I mean, you know, he was horrific from the field yesterday, but a guy who has been a, a bad free throw shooter goes to the free throw line. And he makes all 10 of his free throws. You know, he was, uh, you know, all of them yesterday. You know, he was, I think he was 72% last year. So that's, that's pretty good for him. But 62 the year before and 42 his freshman year. This is not a guy who has been a killer at the free throw line. He goes to the free throw line yesterday and lights this thing up. And, and it's it's amazing that they've gotten him back. And now, you know, there was so much drama with him earlier in the season. And, uh, you know, Pop Isaacs got back yesterday. He scored, you know, I know he's been back, but like, all right, I'm not sure if his first game back, whatever. But he gives them 15 points. They're starting to develop scoring options. And I think Davion Harmon starting to look more like the guy that he should be. He should be a really good player. From what he showed, you know, he's been at so many different schools. But what he showed at OU, what he showed at Oregon, that guy should be a good player. Texas Tech, guys, Texas Tech is going to have their say. Not sure about the NCAA tournament, but do you want to play Texas Tech in the in the Big 12 tournament? Not sure I do, uh, the way they're playing right now. Opportunities at OU, an opportunity, and they have to win that game. An opportunity against TCU at home, an opportunity against Oklahoma State at home. Those three chances are, uh, they have to take they have to take those and win those. At Kansas, going to be tough. Going to be tough. But the rest of those, I mean, they're all tough, but they could do it. They could do it. Uh, Texas Tech, they're not dead yet. Big result for them. West Virginia, their schedule's tough. I'm skeptical about the about the Big 12 getting eight in uh, the tournament. I do think, though, with the way Tech's playing, I do think we're heading towards one of Tech or West Virginia getting in. I feel like that's going to happen. Also, we're, you know, I think Oklahoma State's hanging on uh, right now. I think they're you know they're good enough to where it is. But Lenardi, in his let's see, he's got West Virginia as last four buys. Uh, Kentucky wins yesterday. North Carolina's plays today. Wisconsin, I think they got the win yesterday uh against against Rutgers no they lost yesterday so that's a big loss for them so yeah there's gonna be some movement there's gonna be some movement we'll see all right Kansas State gets themselves back in the win column and boy it was a rock fight it was a fist fight down all the rest of the way but I thought the way that they dug deep they dug deep yesterday the, the Kansas State did to win 61 to 55 in a game that was ugly it was not pretty but their defense Holds Iowa State to 31% from the floor, 18.5% uh, from the race, and 19 will round up and be generous. There was 70, uh, 71 from the lines, and a horrible there. They turned the ball over 15 times. It was not a pretty shooting day the other way around. Uh, Marquise Noel has just been, you know, it's been difficult for him. He scored 20 points yesterday, but mostly because of the free throw. A lot of free throws yesterday around the conference. Keontae Johnson, you know, we mentioned maybe he's hitting a wall a bit because, oh my God, the guy had barely played, and he's coming this year, and he's been awesome. 38 minutes yesterday, 15 points, six rebounds, two assists, give them a steal, two turnovers only. When you play 38 minutes, they run the offense through you, didn't foul. And, um, you know, I, I, I was impressed would be, uh, is not a good enough word to put it because Jerome Tang and their group needed this. And for them, you know, it, their season's so curious because of the expectations preseason. They were not supposed to be very good. 
And when you think about where they are now, okay, it's a success. But you think about where they were in January and you're like, damn, you know, they, I feel like they could be better. But 20 and 7, 20 win season. They're 8 and 6 in the league. And they, they you know, at this point feels like they might be above 500 to finish this thing out. The rest of the way, they have got Baylor, tough, at Oklahoma State, tough, OU at home, should win that game, and at West Virginia. So they, they, got, they have a difficult stretch. I mean, they're all difficult stretches here in, in this league the rest of the way. But I think. I think, you know, closing the season out strong and getting yourself the tournament and seeing where the chips fall. And I, you know, a lot of people still have them as a, as a, it's crazy to think this, a number 12 in the country, but like there has been some negative energy, I think, around this program recently. And they stopped that yesterday against Iowa State, who makes you work for everything. And they came back, they won that game, they fought the thing away. And once again, Iowa State's a couple, a neutral site in road games. I'm worried about where the exterior, the outside scoring is going to, you know, outside scoring, but like I'm worried about where the scoring is going to come from, more about where the points are going to come from for this group when it comes down to uh, hey, you know, can you guys make the tournament uh, or make the tournament? Can you guys go far in the tournament? One last team to handle, to wrangle, if you will, one last game, uh, a banger between our two outgoing friends, Texas 85, Oklahoma 83. Oklahoma was up for most of this game. This is a fun, exciting back and forth game. It was Sir Jabari Rice who had 24 points off the bench. He has been the difference maker for them all season on a day where Marcus Carr went Marcus Carr mode and went, uh, you know, 43 minutes by the way for Marcus Carr. Shout out that bro. Four for 15, 0 for 7 from 3, did go 9 for 11 from the line. Another inefficient day with the free throw line. And then also, Tyrese Hunter goes two of seven, which is tough, but Serge Jabari Rice hits the big shot towards the end of the game. This guy just hits big shot after big shot. He is such an important contributor for them off the bench. And I thought Oklahoma, you know, they gave everything they had in this game. Texas was up to it though. In the very end of it, Texas comes away with the win. I was, I was pretty impressed. And they forced 18 turnovers although they gave up 83 points, but this was a back and forth game. They took that thing late. And here's how competitive this one was guys. Halftime, 34 to 34. Full-time, 39 to 39. Overtime, Texas wins by two, 12 to 10. Uh, and then there's just the scores by by the by the period. So it was 34 all. Then it was, let's see, 34 plus 39 is, uh, it's, what, it's 83 minus 10. Uh, 73. So 73 all. And then obviously you get the, uh, the win in the end for Texas. Big one for them. Big one for them. Connelly in Kansas, guys. I placed a Kansas future plus 310, I think, is what I got of that in the FanDuel Sportsbook for them to win the Big 12. Feeling very, very good. Not all the way there yet. Feeling very, very good. Once again, it feels like we're colliding. We're heading towards a, a tie situation, multiple teams. But um, we'll see. We'll see. All right. One word from our sponsors, and then I've got, I've got something I want to address here at the end of the show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by Built Bar. You guys can go to built.com today. But wait, you now can go uh, not just to built.com, but you guys can go to Walmart and Sam's Club to get Built Bars. At Walmart, they have the four-pack. At Sam's Club, 13, one, three, one, three. There you go, 13. Not sure which one makes sense. 13-pack over there, the Baker's Dozen you guys can get. At Sam's Club today, they've got different flavors, got a bunch of different brownie flavors. They've got churro as well. It's delicious. So you guys can check that out. Built.com, Walmart, or Sam's Club. All right, something I want to address really quickly. So Jay Billis has brought this up. Uh, Seth Greenberg brought this up. And actually, it's not a new point. 
the officiating in the Big 12, because they let them get after it, and I'll be honest, yesterday, I mean, they officiated games hard, but, like, you're seeing a lot of guys go to the free throw line double-digit times, right? Fardaz Amac and Marcus Carr, and then uh, I think Jalen, I'm not sure if Jalen Wilson did, but I mentioned all these guys going to the line a bunch. But everybody has said this over the last few years, that because the Big 12 lets the guys play, they'll go to the NCAA tournament and they're going to be not used to like really ticky-tack whistles. I have not been a fan of this point because number one, who has been in the Nash championship game the last three, three of the last, the three last Nash championship games have all seen big 12 teams. Them Last three national championships have all seen big 12 teams and them. Two of them have seen big 12 teams win it. I do not believe in this theory. It's going around once again, Jay Billis, Seth Greenberg saying this, and Jay said it on the SiriusXM show last year, and Seth said it yesterday on television. And they said, you know, they have to be careful because of the way they're, the referees are officiating it, they're not going to get away with that in the NCAA tournament. I haven't seen the proof that it's a huge problem. Maybe y'all can go look at the NCAA tournament foul numbers and there's something happening, but it has not impacted the success of Big 12 teams at all, whether it be in Iowa State last year who made their money off of being physical – Crap their crap the bed down the stretch there, you know, and and they were still a really effective team in the NCAA tournament. TCU, I didn't, you know, I thought the bad whistle went their way against Arizona, but also, you know, Kansas won the entire damn tournament. And I don't think the officiating or, you know, them being too rough hurt them at all. So I'm interested about this point. I want to hear what you all think about this, but it's something that's kept coming up over the last couple of years, and it's not laid itself bare. It didn't lay itself bare for Baylor. No, no pun intended there. And that did not come to fruition to haunting Kansas. It didn't haunt many other Big 12 teams either. I thought the over-physicality, it doesn't seem like the Big 12's elite teams are having any problem with this. Now, maybe for an Oklahoma State, maybe for an Iowa State, but, you know, once again, that was debunked last year, it's an issue. Uh, you know, if, if you make your money off that physicality, maybe Texas Tech at time. But, hey, even Chris Beard's defensive-minded Texas Tech Red Raiders made the championship game against the defensive-minded UVA Cavaliers. So I I don't buy into the idea that the, uh, you know, the, the tough whistles, you know, not, not getting as many tough whistles in the Big 12, which, once again, not sure that that was true yesterday at all. I'm not sure that's a factor when it comes to NCAA tournament time. Maybe I'll have to rue the day here with this one. Maybe I'll be wrong, but... I don't see that being a factor this year. I didn't see it as a factor last year. Did not see it a factor as the two previous years when we had two Big 12 national champions and also we had a Big 12 team make it and was just inches, one foul away, whatever you want to say, but another one. I just don't see that happening. All right, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Please, please, please subscribe to the channel as well. Uh, Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.